This episode of The Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by Sports Interaction Sportsbook and Casino, focusing on the teams, players, and games that actually matter to you. They are not just another sportsbook, featuring a brand new betting platform with even more ways to bet, including same-game parlays, an absolute game-changer if you want to get in on that. Plus, Sports Interaction Casino, the best in the market with an insane amount of games and live 24-7 dealers. So I bet with those American companies who don't understand your city. Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook. Bet local. Download the app or go to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hopefully uh, your weekends were filled with good food and uh, great time spent with your respective families. Uh, I trust that was the case for you, uh, CJ, as it was for me. It was, and uh, it's kind of well-timed because this is a busy, busy weekend in NHL front offices, getting a lot of last-minute business done, obviously getting their rosters down to 23 players or less, under $83.5 million. And so it's uh, it's been a busy period but uh, i did take some time with my family and um i'm ready to rock now it's hard to believe the season's here dude we have a lot to get to we should probably jump into it right away uh rasmus Dahlin, a uh, big story coming out today he finally signs an extension with the buffalo sabers eight years 11 million dollars i figured it would be a double digit number for rasmus Dahlin, one of the best defensemen in the league let's dive into it your thoughts on that contract well, I think the number is a little higher maybe than I, I might have expected initially. Um, but look, this is, you know, Gary Bettman spoke to reporters last week and met the, the NHL's Board of Governors. You know, we're expecting a 5% increase on the cap next year to somewhere between 87 and $80 million. You know, clearly, if you're signing this sort of contract uh, on the Sabres end, you're, you're, you're betting big time, not just on the player. That, that kind of goes without saying. It's a player they naturally love and appreciate but also on the cap continuing to, to climb in the, in the next decade, essentially. And so, um, you know, I, I think for, for Buffalo, it's, it's something that they worked very, very hard on and pushed hard on over the summer. I think that they wanted a maximum term, you know, eight year contract all along. And there's some, some twists and turns along the way, but lo and behold, here we are right on the eve of the season. They're able to, to get that piece of business done. And, and when you couple it with, Decisions they've made previously on, you know, Matias Samuelson, Dylan Cousins, Tage Thompson. I would think at some point in time, there's going to be an interesting discussion we had with Owen Power in terms of what his next deal might look like. But you can start to see really the framework around what, you know, how the Sabres are going to be built, how they intend to win. I mean, you, you don't win a Stanley Cup, generally speaking, without a, a horse on your blue line. And Darlene certainly has shown, I think, the ability to be that. But... You know, he comes in now once that contract kicks in with the second highest um, AAV among defensemen at the at the day of signing. You know, Drew Doughty also gets $11 million a year. Eric Carlson slightly ahead of that at $11.5 million, although his contract's now split between a couple teams. Um, but, you know, in this case, I, I think that, uh, you know, you can really see the plan Buffalo has in place, and I think it's a huge season for them to take a step forward towards that you know, having the, these younger players locked in and, and intending to win with them. 
Cousins, Samuelson, and uh, Thompson signing seven-year extensions. They're in. They're in it for the long term, along with Darlene here. Just this bet on the core. Like I, I, I like it. I, I think it, this Buffalo Sabres team is a team on the rise. They might finally get out of the eternal rebuild that they had set themselves in for the last decade or so. And they have some really good quality players. And Rasmus Dahlin at the forefront of that. That's exciting to me, to be honest. Well, and I think Dahlin, you know, he really turned a corner last year, right? I mean, he, he's come with a lot of promise. He's a former first overall pick. But last year was by far his best season as an NHL player. And, you know, seeing him take that jump, I think, gives you a lot of encouragement if you're in the front office. You know, he's now just committed basically the rest of his 20s and a couple years in his early 30s to the organization. So he's, you know, he's giving you his best years uh, on this contract. Obviously, they, they paid dearly or they paid a pretty high price to get him to, to give that up. And, and that's kind of where these negotiations have to land. But I, I think that it's hard to view this as anything but a positive on the Sabres end of things. This is an organization that's seen some depths, man. I mean, let's not gloss over the fact that it's been a long walk through the desert uh, for fans in Buffalo, a, a few starts and stops when it came to rebuilds that happened prior to this one. And, you know, at this point in time, everything appears to be on track, but you know, that's where you're like, okay, now we got to see the push. I mean, that you, you've removed the question in some of these players' minds, you know, that their, their next generations looked after with these contracts. Now it's about, you know, getting the job done in Buffalo. And I think it's, you know, a, a pretty big day for the Sabres though, to, to get Darlene's signature on that contract to do it right at the start of the season. So it's not going to hang over anything uh, as they, they begin play in a year where they're hoping to make the playoffs. And, you know, it's a pretty strong statement about where Buffalo intends to be for the next 10 years, I'd, I'd say, or seven to 10 years as an organization among the teams that can ultimately compete for a Stanley cup. And, you know, if Darlene keeps trending in the direction he showed last season, I think you like your odds of, of building around that type of player. And clearly that's, that's, that's what this is. This is a declaration that it, it's his team, I think, in, in, a, in a sense. I mean, he's the highest paid among those players that have already agreed to long-term extensions. He's going to play the most minutes as the number one defenseman. And, um, you know, the, you, you get the job done as a team. But, you know, how far they go will be, you know, dictated a lot by how Darlene continues to grow and emerge and lead them forward. So the Sabres take care of business, other teams taking care of business with finalizing the rosters, dumping guys on waivers if they have to. We saw a few waiver claims as well. We are close to the start of the regular season. Tuesday is when everything begins, finally. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you, Siege? <laughs> I'm probably a good 12 out of 10 right now. Um, you know, I really like a lot of the... I'm I'm curious always about the maneuverings of the league. And so I, these, these last few days have been really interesting. You know, we saw a trade, the Leafs, you know, sent Sam Lafferty to, to Vancouver on Sunday and in, in a move really designed to give them more, more salary cap flexibility. As you mentioned, a number of players passing through the waiver wire. So maybe surprises from players that weren't claimed. And then of course you, you do have the claims. I mean, there's a, a lot of work goes into to getting, you know, the, the teams to the point where you get to the start of the season. And so, you know, tracking all that here closely these last couple of days has really got me fired up. And then, of course, you know, I don't want to dwell on the negative too long, but I, I am firmly in the camp that there were far too many preseason games played this year. That that exercise got kind of exhausting and boring as it went along. But just to know as we got through the game Saturday that, all right, that's that's it. Enough of the, the fake stuff. The real thing uh, gets going Tuesday night and, and then Wednesday in most places around the league. I mean, that's how, how can you not be excited just seeing everything going on? I think it's going to be 
an interesting year, a fascinating year. And if we just even look at it through the scope of these last few days, you know, so many teams are going to have a difficult time staying under the cap this year. So there's going to be a lot of different maneuverings, waiver claims, things of that nature in order just for, for the teams at the top to remain cap compliant. Yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued about that. I've I've been trying to look at the salary cap picture and and, and talking with guys like our good friends at Puckpedia and 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 also uh, I'll give a shout out to Ryan Pike from Flames Nation as well, who I think put up on Twitter today that even with their their waiver claim of like AJ Greer, they could still be like over like two and a half million over the cap. They still have to figure stuff out. I'm sure. I mean, I'm not sure. There are so many other teams that are going to have to figure out how to be cap compliant. And that could make for a very interesting uh, next couple of hours leading into the actual puck drop for Tuesday, depending on what maneuvering those teams will have to do. Sure. And, and you know, that's it's a huge part of today's game, right? Like, I'll take the Lafferty deal to Vancouver. This isn't the case that the Leafs wanted rid of the player. But, you know, Sam Lafferty made $1.15 million against the cap. And in a league where the league minimum is at 775000 like the difference between a league minimum player the 400 grand Delta there, call it, made a difference for the Leafs. Essentially, by trading Lafferty, it's given them the ability to start the season with one extra skater on the roster, 21 players, uh, which, you know, is, is helpful. First of all, you can take players in and out on a nightly basis, and, you know, you're, you're better insulated if, if injuries come up or when injuries come up because every team in the league deals with injuries throughout the course of the season. And so that that's a move, you know, in a world without a salary cap, that's not a trade that happens. And I think that there's a lot that fit into that that same category. And, and so... You know, Tampa still hasn't uh, added another goaltender since the news broke of, of the back issues for, for Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, I, I think that I'm with you. I think that we're going to see a lot of um, things shake loose as, as we get into the season here. And, and you know, we still got a couple of notable players, you know, highlighted by Patrick Kane who don't yet have, um, you know, who don't yet have any contracts. And look at, as I'm just talking right now, uh, the Winnipeg Jets oh, have just dropped the bomb on us. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. Uh, here we go. Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck have signed identical seven-year contract extensions with an annual, with an average annual value of 8.5 million. What are the Winnipeg Jets doing doing this? Well, they're protecting their assets. I mean, the, the, the question, if in a world where they didn't sign these extensions, um, I, I would say that that the question all year would be, are you trading them at the deadline? You know, can you walk, you know, risk losing them for nothing? Um, you know, I'll say this. I'm not surprised to learn that that not just one or both of these players signed an extension. It's the, the seven year term is what kind of caught me off guard here just as I digest this, Julian, because, you know, there'd been some talk, say Hellebuck might think about a one or two year extension when camp began. Just just give him a little bit more time, see where the cap goes, see where the team is. You know, he's been quite outspoken about wanting to play for a Stanley Cup team, right? I mean, that, that's, that's been at the forefront of his comments all along when it, when it came to an extension. And it sounds like this, this really got done here in the last couple of days, that there was a lot of work done and, and just a realization that, that you know, getting these, these contracts completed before the season began and, and removing any questions and storylines that come with it, um, you know, it would be an important thing for the franchise. And, and look at two players that we probably that that featured prominently on trade lists and everything entering the offseason obviously weren't traded. You know, they're now both in position to be lifelong members of this organization. I mean, they're signed through 2031. Um and so that's that's quite a thing. And you know, for a market like Winnipeg, I think that we have to remember that holding on to your talent is an important thing. I think that that's important everywhere, but you know, I say this with respect. 
because I, I've got no beef with Winnipeg, but it's it's a hard place to attract top tier free agents and the like. So I think when you have quality players, you know, retaining them is an important thing to do. And ultimately, that's what uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff managed to do with these contracts. So it's one thing if you're doing that for guys that are in their mid to late 20s. My question about this is, are is it sage? Is it wise to do this for two guys in their 30s? Mark Scheifele maybe maybe exit, is closer to exiting his prime than he is entering that prime. We are just coming off a Stanley Cup playoffs where Aiden Hill emerged as the top goaltender and Sergei Bobrovsky was signed to a large contract, uh, but was not necessarily, you know, high up in the plans in Florida, ended up being the guy for the Pampas in the Stanley Cup final. Goaltending is in such a weird state right now. And I understand why, even though Connor Hellebuck is still among the best, we... I, I have questions about that contract being given to him at the age of 30. You're talking, it's one thing to sign these guys for long-term. It's another thing to send that contract out to got that those contracts out to guys in their thirties, but the jets are ultimately doubling down on their core, which I still think if they played a potential, it could be a good core. It's just, I, I don't know. Like I, I, this is as immediate of a reaction as we could give ladies and gentlemen, but like, this is pretty crazy to I, I, maybe not crazy, but this is nuts to me. I just figured with the Winnipeg Jets, they would, I don't know. And forgive me. I'm trying to just process this right, right? There's an opportunity for them to move on from these guys and go back to the draft and build your team up that way. I get it. In those markets, it's tough to attract free agents, which is what makes the draft so important for those, for those types of teams. And it would take a little while, but that could be, that could set them on the right direction, but instead they've they're doubling down on a core that will age with time. And we don't, I don't know if this team is good enough right now to compete with a Colorado, with a Dallas, with a Vegas, with an Edmonton. Those, those are four teams I just brought up in the Western conference right now that I am not sure the Winnipeg jets are better than even with Connor Hellbuck in net. I don't know. Counterpoint. Cause I can tell you're taking a negative slant on these contracts. Like, you, sure. Why not? You're I, and, and look at, but we have to consider everything here. The, the Jets, first of all, need to sell tickets. They need, they, I don't think that as an organization, like that, that's a city that lost a team before. I know it was a different environment, no cap, but they, they need to be competitive. And I just think even if you moved on from Hellebuck and Shifley in the short term, you know, you're, they're not going to sink to the bottom, right? I mean, they still have too much quality on their roster. You've, you've still got Morrissey and Ehlers and Kyle Connor signed there. Look, there's definitely risk. You're giving out long-term deals to, to guys whose age starts with a three that I'm not going to deny that risk, or at least is going to have a three in there pretty soon. Um, but you know, these are also players that are committing to your organization. You know, there was talk that, you know, if had Hellebuck gone to the market, he was going to get like Vasilevsky money. Well, he didn't even get Vasilevsky money on this deal. He's staying put and the cap's going to be going up here. I, I think that the, the significance of these eight and a half million dollar cap hits tied to Shifley and Hellebuck will, will be eased here in relatively short order as, as the cap goes up and they've put themselves in a position to be competitive. I mean, I'm not denying the risk, but I, I don't know that going you, like there's team building in a lab, like the best way to build a team. And then there's like team building while you're running a business and the jets are a business that they've seen softer ticket sales in recent years. And I think that they, they are doing everything they can to try to win the cup every year. And, and, keeping two core pieces at not crazy money, in my opinion, 
isn't the worst way to go about it. But the challenge is still there. They've got to find more players. They need the Perfettis to come up and and take hold and 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 push this team forward. They need to make good draft picks even in these years to come to make this a team that has a competitive foundation around Hellebuck and and Shifley. But I think you operate differently running the Winnipeg Jets than you do in most other markets, especially some of the the larger ones in the league. It's a good point. I also will add to that that for spe- specifically from those two players, they're going to need a career year out of both of them or two over the next stretch of of time here because again, I don't know if as we're talking today, Monday, October 9th, if the Winnipeg Jets are better than a good chunk of teams in the Western Conference, in the Western Conference. So they need those guys to step up above themselves. Right, but and now if you they, have they them can't do that. Go ahead. You have them signed for 8 years starting now. This year plus seven more. I mean, it's not about just trying to win the cup this year. Of course, I think they're trying to do that. But mm-hmm. it's it's about having some long-term pieces in place and knowing, you know, that that your team is going to have, you know, these two specific players. Like, I, I don't know that that's the worst thing, Julian. Honestly, it's that the grass is always greener when we're talking in abstracts, right? The abstracts being, oh, just trade them away or let them walk and use the space. I mean, that. I don't think that life would look too good in Winnipeg if the Jets sort of were just completely non-competitive. And I, I do think signing these two players, removing the question marks, entering the season with this just like, I mean, this is going to be some wind in their sails, I believe. And, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting season now. But I, What a development, though. I will say this. Even as, as much as we got our, our ears to the to the ground and I started hearing today about the possibility of extensions, I just did not see it looking like this for, for Shifley and, and Hellebuck. I got to admit, I'm very surprised too. And maybe I'll change my mind about it tomorrow. Maybe I'll change my mind about it partway through the season. But my initial reaction is of surprise. And I'll add this. I am very excited for the start of the NHL season tomorrow. I was already excited before. Now I'm very excited. Time for You Can Bet That Siege. Remember to hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs. Since the Winnipeg Jets are uh, the main topic of conversation today, let me hit you with this novelty special. Uh, Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor each to record 90-plus point seasons. Uh, That is at 20.00 if that happens. Are you taking that? What do you think? Spicy meatball. Mm. Ooh. I have trouble imagining both going over 90. A lot has to go right for that to happen. I'd probably fall on the other side of it, but not impossible. If you plan on them having a top tier power play, uh, if you imagine healthy seasons for both players and you maybe imagine Winnipeg going back to the playoffs, which I, th- I can actually imagine for their team this upcoming year, maybe that all falls into place and you get two guys North of 90, but for me, just a little too much risk in that. And so I would, tend to think uh, you'll see one or both of them below that threshold. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards what you're saying, mostly because you know what you're talking about, CJ. Some days. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think so. Uh, don't forget to check out sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds before game, in-game, and the best props. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do? what's good for you, but you just can't do it. I know for me, therapy has helped me with that. And I know for other people, it has also helped them with that. Therapy is a really useful resource for a lot of people. 
And if you are looking to find a place to start, if you're looking for a therapist, uh, some different options that could help you out, uh, BetterHelp is a great place to start. If you've benefited from therapy, always great to share your experience and BetterHelp is great with that. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Johnston today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Johnston. CJ, today's episode was intended to be a season preview slash prediction show. Then the Rasmus Dahlin stuff came in. Then the Winnipeg Jets decided to do what they did. Uh, but for the rest of the show, I'll ask you a couple questions, kind of pick your brain, see what you're thinking of what the season will look like. And then after that, we'll get to ask CJ. How does that sound? Sounds good. You know, I, for me, doing predictions is a bit like a visit to the dentist. But as I still go to the dentist, it's got to be done. So let's do our picks. Well, the cool thing about going to the dentist, I don't know how your dentist is. Uh, you get those like goodie bags. We'll try to give you some kind of goodie bag. As a, <laughs> you know, you do, do you get that? Am I the only one who gets like a nice little like goodie bag for my dentist? Yeah, but it's a goodie bag with like floss and a new toothbrush and, you know, a traveler size toothpaste. Yeah. It's a goodie bag. It's nice. It's good to take care of your teeth. Anyway, let's start off with this question. I want you to give me the top three things you're looking forward to the most this upcoming season. It could be anything. It could be any storyline. Just give me three. I'm looking forward as regular listeners of the pod will know to seeing what Connor Bedard can do in the NHL, because I think it's going to be special. I think it's going to be unique and interesting. I think playing in a major us media market, making appearances on the Pat McAfee show, for example, that, that he does have the ability to sort of take the game to places that it isn't always there. And I, and I think he's good enough to do that. So I'm just curious to see how this, this starts out, you know, starting with his career here in Pittsburgh, you know, number two, this is a personal one maybe, but I'm, I'm excited for the global series games this year because I'm going to have a chance to head over to Sweden. Uh, you, we've got four teams there, Toronto, Ottawa, Detroit, and Minnesota playing a total of four games between them, you know, for me, it'll be my first chance. Actually, I've been a lot to Europe to to see hockey played, but usually it's been the World Hockey Championships or the Olympics. But to see the NHL game somewhere new for me, I get that it won't necessarily be making huge headlines back home if you're not part of it. But you know, it'll be my first chance to to see that, and so that's on, on a personal level something I'm excited about. And I'd say finally, I'm probably most curious of all the teams in the league of all the storylines about the Edmonton Oilers and you know, it's such a big year in Edmonton with, you know, the ability for them to, to take Leon Dreisaitl and, and extend him next summer that, you know, they've got him under contract for two more years this year and next. Um, and, and just given how special he and Connor McDavid have been the, the drive to try to win a Stanley cup there. We know it's been a lot, a lot of years, a couple decades since any Canadian team has got the job done. I'm, I'm just personally interested to see how the season shakes out. In Edmonton, I, I I think they've done a nice job building out their team. The West is uh, there's I mean, look, they're, they're coming trying to come out of the division where the Stanley Cup champion in Vegas resides, and and you know Colorado I don't think is going anywhere, and there's any number, any one of a number of other teams that are going to stand in their way. But I'm 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 personally just sort of curious to see 
what this next version of McDavid and Dreisaitl looks like, you know, how can they push it forward? And, and, you know, I'll tell you from what I've heard from training camp, I guess those guys are almost on another level with their focus, with what they're trying to do. I think that they understand the urgency of their team situation. And so, yeah, those would be the three that I would come up with off the top of my head. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I did not realize that Connor Bedard was actually on Pat McAfee show. I thought you had said that at first and I was like, Oh, that'd be a fun thing to have happen. And then I just decided to look for myself. There he is. Um, I didn't prep for that, but I will say that's pretty cool. Actually, that's awesome. You want more of that. You want that exposure. Well, and he can be that guy in a lot of different ways. I think he's just going to a special player, you know, playing in, again, a massive media market in the U.S., a team that the U.S., that the NHL has put into every outdoor game it possibly can because of the number of eyeballs the Chicago franchise commands and drives. And, and you know, I, I think he'll be an interesting story this year one way or another, I suppose, even if it doesn't work out, if he, if he, if he underwhelms in some way or it doesn't go well, I mean, that, that in its own way will be interesting. I'm certainly not sitting here predicting that or rooting for that, but I, I just think what becomes of Connor Bedard this season and, and the influence and impact he has on the, on the league and, and the sport it bears watching um, something fun for myself at number two. And then we'll see what the Oilers got in store for us too, at number three. Let's see. And yeah, you're absolutely right. The fact that, that uh, Connor Bedard's NHL career will begin in Pittsburgh against Sidney Crosby chef's kiss to the schedule makers. That is how you build a schedule. Shout out to them. Steve had to Petros. Uh, absolutely. Great job. Shout out Petros. Um, I want to look at the divisions really quickly. I don't need you to go through every team. I would just love a division winner. Uh, for each division, the Atlantic, the Metro, the Central, and the Pacific. Who wins each of those divisions? The Atlantic, I'll say Toronto. Uh, okay. I think it's their year to actually take the division, not something they've done, at least in that division, uh, with this group of players and just with how things might be shifting around in terms of the balance of power at the top of that division. The Metro is so hard for me to call, man. You know, I'm going to say Carolina. You know, I, this is a big New Jersey Devils podcast. We've been in, we, we bet in early on the Devils stock and we, we look good last season. I certainly don't think they're going to have a terrible year or anything, but Carolina has been dialed in for so long now. And they, you know, they have so, they have to push forward. And, and I just, I, I like their team. I think Rod Brindamore does a heck of a job as their head coach. And I, I could see them coming out of that division as, you know, at the end of the season anyway, as, as the, the number one seed. Um, Swipping over to the West. I, I think Pacific, I'm going to go Oilers. Uh, I wanted to do Flames. I'm kind of rooting for some Flames chaos this year and, and could see them bouncing back a fair bit. But, you know, it's probably a stretch to say division winner. Certainly expect Calgary to qualify for the postseason, but I think Edmonton will take the division. And Pacific, or sorry, uh, Central, mm -hmm. give me Minnesota in a, mm. in a bit of a, maybe a bit of a surprise. I mean, certainly... You know, Dallas probably would be a trendy pick there, Colorado. But, you know, give me give me Minnesota to have a little bit better of a regular season than maybe some are predicting. Uh, by the way, not to double back on a topic we mentioned earlier, I will also include the Minnesota Wild in that group of teams that I am not sure the Winnipeg Jets are better than. Anyway, just want that added. Uh, one other, <laughs> anyway, sorry, just want that mentioned. Not trying to throw shade on the Winnipeg Jets fans. I, I just have questions. Well, anyway. And we didn't even get to it at any point in our episodes, but the Wild have made three signings of their own in this offseason, right? They, they got Nino Niederreiter, Marcus Foligno, and Ryan Hartman all extended too. So 
a lot of teams getting business done here right up till uh, the season going. And, and there's good reason for that, Julian. I mean, it's not always the best thing to have those conversations happening in the background during the year. I think players are pulled in so many directions. It's nice to have your business settled uh, before everything counts. And we've seen a number of teams do that. CJ, give me one bold prediction. One prediction that could be anything you want that's just out there. Like you putting yourself out there. How like far, I, I, like I, define I, bold. I, like how far out there do I have to be? As far out as you feel you need to go. Like well, what, I think Nassim Khadri is going to have a career season this year. Okay, so that's your bold prediction. What was that's his like, career in like, year in Colorado? 80 points? 87. I believe it was 87. So, so I'm thinking he's going to have – I'm thinking he's going to have a 90-point season. That's my bold prediction. Wow. Bold prediction. It could be like – I don't know. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to sell assets at the deadline or something. I'm gonna be... I'm gonna follow your lead. How about I will take William Nylander? Okay, hundred point season. Woo! That's that's very bold. I will acknowledge. Like, you know, he's he's coming off two consecutive years where he had career best in points. And still hasn't hit 90 before. So to say he's going to get to 100, but I don't know. Career, you know, contract year, a lot riding on everything. Leafs power play. I have no reason to think they won't be among the top three or four or five power plays in the league as they've been for a number of seasons in a row. William Nylander, 100 points. Okay. So that was, that was, that was, that was a tough, that was, you, you, you did well with that one. How about this one, CJ? Will the Toronto Maple Leafs win more than one playoff round this year? Yes. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. I get it. I, I could see that happening. We don't have to worry about the, the first round jokes anymore. Like we as worry, I'll put air quotes on worry more at this point about them disappearing into the ethos. Now that last year went the way that it did. Do you want to know something? Did you see last week, Derek Stepan retired? Yes, I did. And uh, I remember covering Derek Stefan throughout his career. And I actually, I, I saw online the day he retired, there was video of a goal he scored in overtime of a game seven uh, over Washington. And I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, I covered that game. It was a tw- 2015 playoffs round two. And I actually went back and found the story I wrote for Sportsnet at the time. And the Capitals had been eliminated in that case in overtime, a 2-1 final in a game seven in the second round that, you know, the story again goes, the Capitals can't get to the third round. They can never get over the hump. All the quotes, honestly, the quotes, I actually wrote it more from a Capitals standpoint. It's just like, this year felt different and whatever. And I'm like, it still was three more years before that group won the Stanley Cup. But they got the job done. And, and already at that time, they were sort of talking about their own lack of patience with everything and how many times you got to get your heart broken. And it's, this doesn't just pertain to the Leafs. It's what actually was in my mind for Edmonton, too. But just like, I think we sometimes forget how hard it is and how many teams go through, like, it feels like they're never, ever going to win anything before they win something. So that's kind of fresh in my mind. It's just, I was reminded that Derek Stepan goal. I was like, I was at that game. And then I went and and read what I wrote. And I just, it it had so many, it echoes through what a few teams around the league now are going through. And, and, you know, Washington found its moment. I'm not saying Toronto's going to win the Stanley Cup this year or Edmonton for that matter, but I, I, I think they're going to take another step forward when it gets to playoff time. 
great anecdote uh, with Derek Stefan. And, and now that goal of his in overtime is playing in my head. Doc Emmerich had that call. The yeah, Rangers like are on to Tampa. Big, big rebound and fired her home. Off Braden Holtby, yes. That, that's, it's one of those like random playoff memories that just kind of sticks in your mind. Okay, uh, a few more for you. Give me your pick for league MVP. It's got to be Connor McDavid. I want to go off the board. I want to be bold. I want to give you a headline. But I, as far as I'm concerned, he's got his name etched into that trophy every year when we start. And it's up to someone else to really give us something to think about. I think it's Jack Hughes's year to win the MVP. We're going to be the New Jersey Devils podcast. Let's do it. Jack right. Hughes is the MVP. I'll, I'll buy what you're selling. I mean, come on. Jack Hughes is, is everything about his career is headed in the right direction. I just think it's going to be a lot to, to bump 97, uh, get his hands off that trophy. I totally see where you're coming with that, too. What about the Vezina? Ilya Sorokin. I think that's my pick, too. I, I don't I don't know. Like I, I want to give UC Soros love. I like him as a goalie, and I think he's done everything he can to keep Nashville afloat. I just don't see them as a playoff team this year. And if they're not a playoff team, that really hurts his chances, I think, for him winning the Bezina. So maybe Ilya Sorokin is that guy. I think he might be the pick. The Islanders are still a play- could still be a playoff team, and there's a good chance if they are, it will be because of Ilya Sorokin, who could lay – you could make an argument he's the best goalie in the, in the world right now. You can make the argument. For sure. And that moves so much anyway. I mean, I mean Vasilevsky is probably still the best goalie in the world, but he's not going to play a game till December, so – Kind of takes him out of the mix on this award. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm comfortable with Sorokin. Uh, Norris. Hmm. Rasmus Dahlin. Ooh, I like that. The man's like got no money Norris. problems. Nah. And uh, it's going to be a great year in Buffalo, and he's, he's going to get all the love for, for helping take them forward. I like the idea that, you know, it doesn't have to be Kale McCarr every year. It doesn't have to be Adam Fox. I still think those two will be trading Norris's for the next decade. But it's always cool when you see someone else creep in uh, and find a way to make it interesting, which I understand is also sort of hypocritical for me because I also didn't think uh, Eric Carlson should have won last year. CJ, give me your cup final matchup. Tell me who wins. You could tell me in how many games. As a bonus as well, uh, you could tell me who wins a cup final MVP. Um, I'm going to go with the Edmonton Oilers over Carolina. Damn, that's my matchup too. Getting revenge for 2006. Mm. Um, This time winning a game seven on home ice. And Jack Campbell gets named the Conn Smythe Trophy winner after a miracle playoff run. Ooh, Jack Campbell. He's looked pretty good in preseason, actually. Yeah, he's entering the league as entering the season as their starter. Man, okay. I like this. I like the heat you brought for these predictions, uh, Siege. I know you don't like doing them, but like that was really good. I think you did a great job on them. Thank you for doing this. No problem. <laughs> 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 It wasn't that hard, but I know it's just I know you don't like doing them, but like we do them, we get it. We well, because if we, anyone's we paying attention games. over all the years, I must have the worst percentage of accuracy that you could ever have on this stuff. I don't know, man. Stephen A. Smith used to like 
like on the ESPN would make a pick for who would win the NBA finals and would be wrong. And he did this for like a good chunk of years. As long as you're better than that, like you're fine. And I think you are. Don't worry about that. All right. You're good. All right. Okay. Because you, you went through all that. Um, let's get to ask CJ and uh, we'll try to make this as fun as possible for you. I uh, only got a couple questions from discord, but they're still fun anyway. Uh, let's take uh, one from Richard Trionfo with the NHL season starting this week. What are your Connor Connor picks for all of the NHL awards for this season? So I think he's trying to figure out uh, which Connor is going to win which award. I know you have Connor McDavid winning league MVP. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure you have Connor Bedard winning rookie of the year. So Where guess, else do, do we you... have to have Connor yeah. Hellebuck winning the Vesna then now, or I mean, I'm, I mean, you could, if I've that's just how said Ilya Sorokin's winning. So I feel like I can't really go around and say that. I mean, Kyle Connor could win the rocket Richard trophy. Wouldn't that be something we could have an all Connor awards class. That is crazy. Connor McDavid, Connor Bedard, Kyle Connor, uh, Connor Hellebuck. Why am I losing my mind over other Connors in the league? Connor Clifton. Connor Clifton. Hey, Connor Clifton for Norris. <laughs> also, speaking of the Winnipeg Jets, it's very, you know what? Um, remember last week we got asked that question, uh, which oh, yeah. HL player? Yeah. Which HL player would you rather have on, a, on, an H, on an island with you and they can bring the uh, mascot or whatever the name of their team? They on have the to island. bring it. We, we really should have thought of the Winnipeg Jets. We really should have thought of them. I actually had a few texts from people scolding me for that. So, oh my god! First of all, it's good to know that there's people out there listening that like that I didn't realize friends of mine, but even just other people in the industry. But that the only time that we hear from them is when we mess up something so obvious. <laughs> I mean, I hadn't vetted that one ahead of time. But yes, I guess now we'd want to bring Mark Shifley to the island because he could get us off with the jet. And he could buy us a nice dinner. Oh, yeah. When we he could landed. buy us a pilot, too. Buy us a pilot. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Um, next one from Barrow's Boy. This CJ tweet, uh, I, I think it was about the waivers stuff, uh, got me thinking. Given the nature of your job and how important it is to be the first to post something, uh, do you have any typing or texting drills as practice? Any exercises or stretches to keep the fingers uh, nimble? I do not. Uh, I don't have any drills, but I would say just by the virtue of what we do, there's daily practice. I mean, don't, the only way to stay good at something is by doing something. And so these these thumbs stay busy uh, most times of the year between texting and, and, you know, composing tweets and everything. And yeah, waivers has been a lot the last week or so. I don't know if you noticed, but that, that's been a, oh, I've noticed. a lot of names to put in there. I hope I haven't made too many spelling errors because I, you know, you're trying to do it quickly and accurately. Um, but we're through that now. I mean, this was on, on Monday, October 9th, only one new player. My namesake, Ross Johnson from the New York Islanders is the only player on waivers on Monday. So now, now we're into a, a more normal routine where of course players do get added throughout the season, but you won't be having a list of 20 or 30 per day. No relation, right? No, Ross relation. Johnson? no relation. No, no relation. No. Uh, this next one from Apple three, eight, one, nine. Sorry, I got to do this to you, CJ. Uh-oh. How about them Cowboys? No comment. It's been a tough week. <laughs> I'm still processing the Jays thing. I honestly, I'll be honest, Sunday night, I didn't even watch the end of the Cowboys 49ers game. It was pretty clear where that was headed. 
I went Damn. to I went to bed early. I got an extra hour of sleep. I didn't have to endure too much. And I I still I still think the team's going to be okay. But that was not there's nothing salvageable from that game in terms of performance or anything positive. But you know the Cowboys still had a better weekend than Ross Atkins did. And that's that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, I know you're right about that. Last one for you from Matt. Uh, what wild card team would you rather play against in round one? The Tampa Bay Lightning or the Pittsburgh Penguins? Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I still think You'd Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, okay. Pittsburgh still has something to prove to me. And it's not to say Tampa doesn't, but I just think the Lightning, no matter what point total they get into the playoffs with, those they still have the horses from their three state Stanley Cup final appearances are still 100% in their primes. I mean, I suppose there's going to be a question this year. Like, what does Vasilevsky look like when he comes back from injury? Is he, is he the Vasilevsky bold because he was such a key ingredient to what they accomplished? But I think, you know, in Pittsburgh, it's in, you know, I love a story as much as anyone. I've got tons, immense respect for Sidney Crosby and, and the organization that Penguins have had that have, you know, been to four Stanley Cup finals and won three of them. But I, I do think that there's still a question about whether they can get it done at this age and with the players around them. So you know, given that if it's an either or decision, I, I don't think it's that hard a one. I think you'd rather play Pittsburgh. Um, but that's, that's my view before games been played. I mean, maybe this will look entirely different midway through the season. It's that our Eric Carlson trade hits perfect and the penguins find the right mix. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe there'll be a little bit more of a scary opponent, but I, I just, I don't, I don't currently see it. I don't think they're an awful team, but I, I just don't think they put the same fear in you that the lightning would, if you had to face them in a best of seven. And that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the CJ Show. Enjoy the start of the NHL regular season on Tuesday. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand spanking new episode. We'll probably have we'll have some games to talk about. We'll have some storylines. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about. Uh, hey, maybe we'll even have some more breaking news dropping in the middle of our show uh, because uh, it seems like we've. Been, I don't want to test fate, but we've been okay so far. We've been doing okay with having that news break on our show. This is what happens when we don't record first thing in the morning. When, when you record during the day, your odds of something happening during the show go up immensely. And we're, we're two for two for the last two episodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm great with that. As long as we don't miss anything. Uh, for CJ, I'm Julian. So long and peace. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.